Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this weekend and all season long at DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. And this week, you can enter a contest for free with your first deposit. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now. New users enter code BMF during sign-up. Play in a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit to compete for your share of cash prizes. That's code BMF only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Jim Cramer dominates Wall Street. And now he's teaming up with Bill Inwright to help you dominate fantasy football. This is Bull Market Fantasy, presented by DraftKings. Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Bull Market Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and Bull Market Bill. No Frankie today, Bill. He is on vacation. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, he needed one. Yeah, he needed one, but where do you go on vacation? I mean, the, the whole world is at this point. He went to the sports book. That's where he went. He definitely is at the sports book. Yeah. I wonder which one he likes to go to. There's so many options for him in Vegas. It's a little unfair. So if he's at the sports book, is it really a vacation or is he just not working? I think he I think he's just not working. He's probably saving all the best bets for himself. Yeah, I know. I didn't see the Discord. The SI fit the SI Pro Discord community uh, has been kind of quiet without Frankie outside of them trashing me for my NBA picks yesterday. But I'll be back, Bill. There you go. Listen, yeah. man. NBA's early. I mean, it's. I, I, get into a groove. I'm a firm, but yes, you have to get into a groove. And I'm a firm believer that you need data to help with your bets, right? You can't just go out willy nilly and and expect to come come off the first game and hit the ground running. I don't think informed gamblers really work like that. I think what we do in fantasy football, what we do in DFS, what we do with our bets, it's it's really about that data or data, whatever you want to say, and research. Yeah, and you have to have systems. Early in the season, I think if you stick to your systems is the best way to go about it, eventually thinking that your systems will autocorrect and you'll be on the right side of these things. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to the fantasy season, how did you do this year? I did okay. Not not as great as I would have liked to do in my auction league. There were a couple guys that I, I really paid up for that I thought they were going to have monster season. that They just didn't come through. Chris Godwin is one of those guys. Um, I, I thought he was going to be incredible this year. You look at what he did with James, uh, James Winston under center. Oh, with Tom Brady now a quarterback, he's going to be fantastic. He battled injuries early on. He didn't really ever get to that mark with Brady, whether it's chemistry or or just um, you know a, a, a lack of a of a preseason to to get that chemistry. But I'm a little disappointed in my auction league. My dynasty league never had a chance this year. I, I made a bunch of uh, trades. I traded away Kyler Murray for a bunch of future picks. Um, but my seat, my my two other season long leagues that I did, I, I did fairly well. No championship appearances, two final four appearances, but I, I got knocked out. Darren Waller was a big, big um, 
a tough hill to over overcome, and and that is ultimately what did me in, in in both of those semifinals. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because Darren Waller did me in back in week thirteen when he went off in week thirteen. He kind of sent my auction team. I want to talk to you about auctions too. He kind of sent my auction team into a tailspin, right. and the team in the NFFC top four make it right do uh, by the points. So Waller went crazy in week thirteen, and the dude passed me. Uh, that's right, the worst. But here's the thing. If I would have got in, I'd be winning it right now. Oh, that's that's the word. I try not to look after it. I don't yeah, set my lineup. I try not to look because it's just like you're a glutton for your own punishment. It's like, you know, I, I, I hate that when you're looking at your scores and you're like, oh, of course, Cam Akers blows up for 170 yards against the Patriots. I'm already out of the out of the playoffs with the team that I had. Them. That, that just drives me crazy. Yeah, no, nah, I hate that too. And uh, it's, you know, I, I I do auction leagues as well. Like, <clears throat> I be honest with you, I've gotten to the point now, and you're talking about the, you're talking about a dude that my whole life was drafting fantasy football teams, maybe about a decade ago. Like that's yeah. all I did from after the Super Bowl all the way until the beginning of September. Right. And I've like gotten off a of drafts period. I'm an auction guy now, and um, I did make the championship in the in the uh, Kings Classic, the Bob Lung League. Nice. Obviously, they do it every year at the Hall of Fame. It's the second year in the auction of that league that I've been in the championship. I always do Jake Seeley's flex auction. Every I've won the championship twice, and I go to the playoffs every year. So I kind of got the auction format down pat. As a matter of fact, next year, Bill, if they go back <clears throat> to Canton, you be, we can split that auction team if you want to. You ever been to Canton to the Hall of Fame? I have been. It was um, It was back when the Giants and Patriots played in 2011. For the Super Bowl, I was working with a, a company called Football Nation that I helped uh, co-found, and we drove from. I mean, they drove from Mass. Uh, they drove from Mass, but I drove drove from Jersey over uh, all, all the way out to Indianapolis, and we stopped at Canton on the way out there, and it was incredible. We kind of had like a private tour. They brought us around, and it was really special. If you're a fan of the NFL, um, just to see, you know, that's part of history and. And you see it all the time on TV or, or in magazines, but to to be there in person and to see all those Hall of Fame busts and the statues and the jerseys they have, it was a really really cool experience. And from what I from what I understand, that was I guess going back eight years ago, nine years ago. From what I understand, they've really done a, a major upgrade to that whole area. So I'm I'm I would love to go back there. So you know what's so funny about it? When I went last year for the Kings Classic. It was um, my first time going to the to the to the, uh, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so everybody else in the league had already been there because they had been in the Kings Classic years prior. So this was like their second or third time visiting the NFL Hall of Fame. It was my first time, so like we took a break during the auction, and I really wanted to go walk around and take pictures and explore the Hall of Fame, right? So I must have been gone for too long during the break, <laughs> and they came over the loudspeaker and was like, "Corey Parson, can you report to?" Your draft in room such such and such and such, and I thought to myself, Bill, oh my God, my name was mentioned on the loudspeaker in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, a yeah. football life, the yeah. fantasy executive. That's where we start at. <laughs> That's awesome, uh, Corey Parson. You're on the clock. Can you please uh, step away from the Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame members? <laughs> step away from Tom Landry's hat yeah. and get back to the draft. You know what I'm saying? But no, we'll tell you. Here's the thing about Canton, though, right? So, first of all, on the way out there, I had like a three-hour delay, right? While flying from Newark to Canton. Had a three-hour delay. So, get out there, whatever. You know, have a good time, enjoy myself, whatever. 
So that Sunday, I get my Uber to come back. No, yeah, Sunday, I get my Uber to take me to the airport, right? So the guy that the Uber driver picks me up, he sees that I have a Yankee hat on, right? So he goes, are you just wearing that hat or are you a Yankee fan? I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a Yankee fan. He was like, do you know what you're across the street from? I was like, I know the Hall of Fame's over here. He was like, you are across the street from Thurman Munson's gravesite. Oh, wow. Like, Stop playing. Thurman Munson is buried in Canton, Ohio. And he was like, yep. And Bill, I'm talking about walking distance. He was like, you, he's like, I'll drive you over there. But he was like, you could just walk right across the street and you walk around that little bend right there. And that's where Thurman Munson is buried at. And sure enough, he took me back there. And Thurman Munson grave is back there by itself. It has like some, some jerseys, a couple pair, a couple uniforms and stuff like that. Just sitting right there in, in broad daylight in plain sight. And I never even knew that. Wow. That's like the most like sports driven Uber driver I've ever heard of. Yeah, no, it, it, it was crazy for him to just take me right to the um, to, yeah. to Thurman Munson's grave site. I had, I had no pretty, clue that's pretty about cool. that. Now, when it comes to the Chris Godwin thing, yeah. last year I faded him. I was like, there's no chance. And you know what? He went off. This year, I didn't fade him. I didn't get him anywhere. I didn't buy back in. But, um, you know, for the dudes that bought back in this year, man, that was a tough pill to swallow, bro. It really was. Um, I ended up, and and it's almost, you know, embarrassing to admit this now, but I I, I made him the highest bid wide receiver. Um, yeah, that's it's a tough one, especially <laughs> especially given our profession. And I'm playing, you know, with 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 a bunch of knuckleheads from you know, my hometown, and they 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 never stop uh, busting my chops about that. But I, you know, what once I'm all what I like about auctions is when you like a player enough, you can go after him. And I was willing to pay any price necessary. That was a learning lesson for me. I think a lot of people knew that. I think a lot of people were bidding up knowing that I was willing to pay whatever it is. Now, obviously I'm a little bit of a disadvantage because I'm on podcasts like this talking about my infatuation for players and how high I have them ranked. So I was, uh, you know, I don't regret it, but I did, I, I do have a learning lesson from that. You know, I had one of my better seasons in the last couple of years, but the thing about it is I didn't put much money behind it this year. Because the past two years, I've been getting my ass handed to me. So after you donate enough, you kind of pull back a little bit. And then, of course, I would have uh, one of my better seasons. And it really was because of the play, the consistency, and some of those big numbers that I had got from Kyler Murray. I had Kyler Murray on a couple teams. And also, I was uh, very successful with um, with T. Higgins. And I had some success with, um, with um, oh, boy, the wide receiver. Um, Chase Claypool. Justin Jefferson. Uh, well, Claypool in a couple leagues. But the wide receiver I had on, on, in a couple spots was, uh, it was, Jesus Christ, I can't think of his name now, was Devontae Adams. Yeah, was oh, Devontae okay. Adams. And, you know, a couple of guys like that. And obviously, you know, I was in on him and DeAndre Hopkins. I went heavy in wide receivers. And a lot of the wide receivers hit this year. And I, when looking back at it, you know, so many people are, you know, fantasy football is very running back driven. Right. But. You know, you can really make amends if you can hit those wide receivers. Yeah, and it's especially this year because if you think about the wide receivers that were coming off the board early, Michael Thomas was the first wide receiver taken. He was really the only one that didn't pan out, right? I mean, Chris Godwin, I guess he was a top five wide receiver pick. But DeAndre, De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, they all really 
um, elevated their game and stayed consistent all year. And then you look at the rookies this year, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk. These guys have been incredible. And a lot of them have been top 10 performers on a, on a fairly consistent basis, especially with Justin Jefferson. So I know running backs tend to be the most popular pick every year, but you're right, Corey. I think wide receiver this year, if you got a couple Calvin Ridley, he was a great pick. And I, I have to give Frankie credit for this one. He said yep. Calvin Ridley's going to have better season than Julio Jones. Sure enough, that was an excellent pick if you were able to get him in the third round or you know maybe the early early fourth round. Um, wide receivers, I think what we're seeing now with the NFL. Don't forget Wolf Fuller. Wolf Fuller was another one. My brother's team. He had Deshaun Watson and Wolf Fuller, and he was never the same once Wolf Fuller uh, got suspended. Uh, Stefan Diggs, another guy. Yes. If you, mm-hmm. if, if you look at the top five quarterbacks, Jim Kramer and I did this segment the other day. If you look at the top five quarterbacks, all five have a top five wide receiver in fantasy scoring. I, that's not an accident, right? Mahomes, Hill, and Mahomes also has Kelsey. But Josh Allen, Diggs, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Um, so in terms of the productivity that you're getting in today's passing game, wide receivers, I think, are going to go a lot earlier in drafts next year. And maybe that's when you pivot back to running backs, right? You're trying to zig when everyone else sags. That's the, I was about to say the same thing right there. I think that could be exactly the way how you do it because when you look at the running back position, you just right off the start at the top, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Dud, 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 dud. Yeah, and that, that's what's brutal, right? Because you, you had, what, five quarters, six quarters from Saquon, and he was the consensus number two overall pick. Christian McCaffrey gave you three games this year. He finally comes back. You see him put up like a 38-point game against the Chiefs in a PPR format, but then he injured his shoulder, and now he has a quad injury or whatever it is. Um, Nick Chubb was another guy. I think both of us – I think you were high on him as well because I, I – I, I really like Nick Chubb year in and year out. I, I try to get him on my team, even though he, you know, is battling Kareem Hunt. I think he's productive enough in in rushing yards and touchdowns to make him worth it. But he was another guy. I mean, you you saw what he was doing before the injury. You saw what he's doing since the injury. But that month or, or five weeks that he was out, that was painful. If you took him in in the tail end of your first round, Austin you know Eckler was another one. Oh yeah, Eckler was big too. Eckler, that that team, that my auction team that lost that lost uh, that lost Fuller down the stretch, also miss had didn't have Eckler for the, a good majority of the season. That team, if Eckler would have played, if Eckler would have been healthy, that team would have hit. That team could have played. That team probably could have won the whole thing because Kyler Murray and the D Hop connection, and then picking up Claypool, and then you know at, you know Will Fuller with his games and stuff like that. And I was pretty solid at tight end, Hunter Henry and T.J. Hawkinson back to back. They also did a good job. I was able to flex a couple of those guys. Um, at some times throughout the course of the season. But when you look at, I just, I want to specifically talk about James Robinson. And he really, really saved a lot of people running back situations this year. You know, I'm shocked that he didn't get into the Pro Bowl. I think that's really, really a shame. He's third in the league in rushing. He's a guy, undrafted free agent. I I, I hate the Pro Bowl voting process. Yeah, me um, too. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. The fact that Evan Ingram is a pro bowler this year is just mind boggling to me. Um, but James Robinson absolutely deserves to be in it. And he, Corey, he was not a draft pick. Like no one drafted him unless you maybe nope. you were drafting after Labor Day weekend. No one drafted James Robinson in fantasy this year. He was a pickup and he was probably a free pickup for the most part. And if you got him, 
wow, you got an excellent running back, tremendous um, production every week. There, were, I don't think there was a week where he really disappointed. Nah, he did. He went off this year. You know what I'm saying? When you look at a guy like that, right, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, he's not going to be in the rookie of the year conversation. Now, here's the thing that's so interesting about that award, the NFL rookie of the year award. They give one for defense and they give one for offense. And most people think that, okay, well, the rookie of the year is a quarterback award. You know, in the last seven years, only two quarterbacks have won the rookie of the year. Offensive or just the general rookie? Is there is there a general? It's two. Yeah, no, it's, it's no general. It's offensive and the defenses. Right, but yeah, only two have won the rookie of the year. I I, I have to look it up. I was going to actually, you know, you who, know who, who the two are. Um, do I know who the two are that are that are quarterbacks? You're saying that that the two quarterbacks to win rookie of the year in the last oh. seven years. Yeah, so let's go with Kyler Murray. Very good. That is correct. Um. Oh gosh, I'm I'm not gonna go with like um, a Winston or a Mariota. Um, I'm, okay, I don't know. That worked out. <laughs> Dak Prescott. Oh, oh, Dak. Okay, fourth yeah. rounder. Yeah, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and then I yeah. think it was something like Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham. You know what I'm saying? Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is in that mix. Can you imagine that? Is it is Todd it Gurley is in that mix? He's washed up. He's not even 30 years old. Isn't it such a shame what happened with Todd Gurley? I mean, he, he over the last three years, no one has more touchdowns than Todd Gurley entering this season. Yeah. And you look at what he had with the Rams, and Sean McVay comes in, and they bring him to, and they go, they draft Jared Goff, and they go to a Super Bowl, and you're like, oh wow, the Rams are going to be good for years. And then Todd Gurley just like kind of breaks down right before our eyes. Like you watch it happen, and that's rare to see a guy be so explosive. I mean. He had two seasons, um, I guess it was 2017 and 2018, where he was just incredible. And you're expecting that to last, right? Because we've seen Emmitt Smith and we've seen Barry Sanders and we've seen LaDainian Tomlinson, and and they have lengthy careers and they're so dominant. And Todd Gurley looked like he could be one of those guys. But, wow, he he really, really, that that arthritic knee, I I guess, is just causing a, a big lack of explosion. So here's the deal, right? And it's one of the reasons why I love Nick Chubb. So Chubb, right? He, Georgia Bulldog running back, just like Todd Gurley, right? Georgia Bulldog running backs normally hit in the NFL. Sure. So it's kind of like Florida State, the same type of thing. Yeah. So when you look at Todd Gurley, right? Somebody told me the problem with a lot of these running backs, especially that play in the Southeastern Conference, by the time they get to the NFL, their body is already beat up. Right. So when Todd Gurley was at Georgia, he was kind of a one-man show. Well, where Nick- the thing. He wasn't. That's the funny thing Why? about it. Why? else did they have? They had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, no, they did not. They, they, Nick Chubb played with Sony Michelle, that, right? That's what I was going to say. Nick Chubb doesn't have that same wear and tear because he was able to split action yes. with Michelle. I forgot who was back there with, with Todd Gurley, but he ended up getting hurt also. And, 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 you know, and, and he never panned out to be anything. But here's the interesting thing with Chubb, and it's why I love Chubb. And everybody says, oh, he doesn't catch enough passes, whatever. So Nick Chubb is one of the greatest running backs in college football history, and nobody really talks about it. In three years of Georgia, he put up monster numbers, right? Yep. So he was hurt one season. Yes. Then he had two seasons where he split carries. Yeah. With 
Sony Michelle one year and DeAndre Swift one year. Yep. He split carries, and still, if he'd have played a fourth season, he would have had a shot to pass Russell Walker as the all-time leading rusher. Yeah, that, and I mean, that's, that's why I like him because he's a pure running back. He doesn't need to catch the football. He can still dominate with just running between the tackles. Yeah, and that's kind of what we see out of, out of Derrick Henry, right? Like everyone yes. knocks him, and 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 why wasn't he a, a, a higher pick in fantasy drafts this year? He probably because of the lack of the passes, the, pass the lack of pass. Right. right? That's exactly right. But a guy like Derrick Henry, a guy like Nick Chubb, you're right. They make up for it with their ability to run in between the tackles and their production when they're doing so. Uh, they don't need to catch passes when they're rushing for 1,700 yards and scoring 14 touchdowns. Who need, who, who's worried about that? You know, PP, the, all the PPR advocates are out there. Oh, well, you can't draft Derrick Henry in a PPR league because he didn't catch passes. Well, what's the difference? Touchdowns, yeah. What's the difference if a guy has 1,200 um, rushing yards and 500 receiving yards, or if a guy just has 1,700 rushing yards? It's the same thing. You're just getting it different ways. So Derrick Henry, that was a major miss on my part this year um, for for being another candidate to lead the league back-to-back rushing yards for the uh, – I think that's the first time since since Tomlinson did it in like 06 or 07. That's interesting right there. All right, so we got a football game on Christmas Day. Don't have the player prop bets out for it yet, but just want to take a couple minutes to handicap this one. The New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. The Saints yeah. laying seven in this one. The Vikings look like they've thrown the towel in. The Saints – not playing their best football right now, but the Saints are still a team that we expect to see playing deep into the NFC, you know, into the NFC playoffs, even though I do not think the Saints go to the Super Bowl. What do you think about this game coming up? Uh, we should have Drew Brees uh, back. Obviously, Michael Thomas is out again. You know, the situation with Alvin Kamara, he's a stud. Yep. What do you think about this Saints team in this game this weekend against the Vikings? And can they be like, who can, 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 can any Saint or Viking kickstart your fantasy championship week so a couple things here one i think it's really a shame for the saints that they lost that game against the eagles they're now on a two-game losing streak the the loss to the eagles was such a, a bad loss because you knew the next week that against the chiefs they would have a really tough game so they had to win that game against philly in order to keep pace with green bay for that top seed in the nfc now i don't see green bay losing another game this year the Saints need to make up a game somewhere in order to get that first round by. Because remember, only one team from each conference gets that first round by this year. So Drew Brees could have definitely used a week off over Wild Card Weekend, but it looks like he's going to be playing. In terms of who's going to kickstart your league or your fantasy championship, listen, Justin, I know we talked about him a little earlier. Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, back man. In that, back, back in Louisiana, too. Yeah, he's having such an, such an incredible season. And he started off slow. If you look at what he did the first three weeks of the season, he a little bit of growing pains for the rookie. But he's like fourth or fifth right now in total in uh, receiving yards behind guys like DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill. So he's having a phenomenal season. And then if if you did make it this far with a guy like Alvin Kamara on your team, obviously that stud, um, Dal- Dalvin Cook, that stud at running back, you're really banking on them to have strong performances because you probably wouldn't be this far without those two guys on your team. So you need them to have big games in order to keep winning. I tell you what, week 16, week 15 has always been my week of nightmares. I was telling Fabiano about it last week. Um, you may remember this, the Joe Webb game in week 16 one year. 
uh, Joe Webb was quarterbacking for the Vikings. Yes. Something okay. got hurt or whatever. He was quarterbacking for the Vikings, Monday Night Football, last game of the year. And I, I didn't, I obviously didn't play Joe Webb, but I, I, my opponent, it was a nip and tuck game the whole, the whole Sunday going into Monday night. Now, mind you, this year, I come into the championship round, I was 13 and two. My two losses were to the same team that I'm playing for the championship. He had Michael Vick. And every time Michael Vick, the, 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 the twice that season, like that game against the Eagles was, I mean, that game against Washington was one of them, yeah. where he just went off right from the jump. That was one of the weeks. And then it was another year, well, another week in that season when Michael Vick went off and I caught him twice, right? So now we're playing for the championship. I feel pretty good about it. One of my best fantasy teams ever, 100%, without a doubt. And Joe Webb, I think as they're getting ready to run out the clock, he takes off and scrambles oh. and fumbles. And the Bears defense recovered the fumble. Bill, I did not. I'm, I, 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 at that moment, you don't understand how hurt I was. I said to myself, I'm never playing fantasy football again. That's how hurt I was. So I think a lot of people that have success in fantasy football, they always, and this is really for any kind of business, professional athlete, whatever life experiences, you always remember the losses more than the victories, right? Those are the ones, yeah. those are the ones that sting. Those are the, the ones agony that, of defeat. Yes, absolutely. And and that that's true with fantasy. It, yeah, you're right. It makes you never want to play again. And, and you, but you're always there, you know, the, the following season, you're always gearing up, but yeah, that, that was probably what, like two or three years ago, three, four years ago. And it that stays, was a while ago. That was like, man, that might've been seven, eight years ago. No, oh, my okay. daughter wasn't even born yet. It was, it might've might been a decade ago. Oh, well, Vic, if, if your opponent had Vic, then yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- th- those, those losses always tend to stick with you the longest more than yeah. all your championships and wins and whatever. And then, then of course it was a it was a this is a good one for you. One night, once one week fifteen, my home league, I was walked down. But how about this combination? I was walked down by the combination of Colin Kaepernick and Aaron Hernandez. Oh wow! The game was a Sunday night football game, the 49ers versus the Patriots in a rainstorm. See, Remember that game? I don't remember that game. Um, I'm trying to think of, of 49ers versus Patriots in a rainstorm with her on a Sunday on a Sunday night football game. I believe the 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 49ers jumped out to a big league, and then so Colin Kaepernick was walking me down. Then in the second half, the Patriots came back. I think Aaron Hernandez might have scored three touchdowns in the second half. Oh wow! I mean, her, yeah. you know, he, yeah, Hernandez when he was playing, he, he was incredible. Yeah, no, he, he, you couldn't guard him. No, he, he couldn't be guarded. You I mean, know what I'm were, saying? They were giving him the ball as a running back on some plays. Yeah, exactly, 100%. You know, that they, they perfected that move tight end, you know, that, that kind of position that Darren Waller and guys like George Kittle plays now. Yeah. That position was uh, perfected by what the New England Patriots did with Aaron Hernandez. But want to wish each and last single one of you good luck going into week 16, your championship week. Bull Market Fantasy will be with you through the NFL playoffs for my guy, Bull Market Bill is Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and we are out.